Welcome to Asphalt Talk, a podcast by and for asphalt professionals. Join our expert hosts as they tackle real industry issues to pave a smoother way for asphalt suppliers and producers. This podcast is sponsored by MAPA, the Missouri Asphalt Pavement Association. Founded to promote quality and accountability, MAPA has been serving the asphalt producers of Missouri since 1990. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Asphalt Talk. I'm your host, Rick Bierman, with the Missouri Asphalt Pavement Association. Today, we're joined by Redmond Clark with Asphalt Plus to discuss an awesome upcoming MAPA learning opportunity. Red will be joined by Dr. Bill Butler from the University of Missouri-Columbia, Steve Jackson from MB West Contracting. They'll be presenting on increasing the sustainability and performance of roadways through the use of recycled materials, specifically engineered crumb rubber. Red, I really appreciate you joining me today. How are you, man? I am doing okay, considering it's January in the north. That is true, but you know the sun's out and it's uh, 50 today. But who knows? That'll probably by tomorrow it'll uh, that'll change. It'll be 10, right? We're further north than you are, and I saw a lawyer with his hands in his own pockets today. <laughs> That's pretty cold, then. <laughs> hey, Red, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know obviously you've uh, you've got a uh, tremendous history in the industry, and I'm sure we could spend this entire podcast going through. Uh, through that history, but uh, just tell us a little bit about what you, who, who you are and how you got to this point today. Well, as you may know, I was born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, but uh, I've spent uh, I've spent uh, my entire career working uh, uh, both uh, the environmental and the industrial side of uh, the U.S. economy. Um, I started out, believe it or not, as a university professor, and then. Uh, uh, drifted quickly into the public sector and then into the private sector, where I've really spent uh, all but about five, six years of my uh, of my time. And uh, most of the companies that I've run or helped found uh, have have all kind of zeroed in on trying to find ways to make manufactured products better uh, while reducing their environmental footprint. And so again, across a wide array of industries, we've uh, we've found a number of different technologies that have been put into motion that uh, will do things like eliminating waste, making products last longer, uh, making products less material intensive and less expensive to produce at the same time. And so uh, uh, I've been involved in the uh, uh, in the road construction industry really since uh, 1989. Uh, we uh, we developed the first chemical abrasive that's used to remove lead paint from bridges. Um, and uh, we've been working in and around the industry really since that point. Uh, our latest effort, of course, is, is working with uh, using recycled tire rubber in, uh, in asphalt pavements. Wow, that's great. Well, you know, without getting too far into the weeds, I mean, you just brought up recycled tire rubber. Um, I guess that that is, I guess, what uh, what ECR actually is. but Give us a little bit of a, an overview of kind of what ECR is and, and how it applies to, you know, to the modern asphalt roadway. Well, back, believe it or not, when I was uh, a kid, literally a kid, uh, people started experimenting with using rubber and asphalt. And the first attempts that were made, um, you know, ran down the road of trying to find ways to put recycled tires uh, in, into uh, asphalt pavements uh, after they've been ground up and turned into a powder. And at the same time, uh, right about the same time, 
uh, people were experimenting with some of the building blocks of tires like synthetic rubber and putting those in asphalt pavements as well. And they found in both cases that the, both of these additives really help to make asphalt pavements last longer, uh, stay smoother longer, uh, and uh, resist both rutting and cracking more efficiently in a wide range of environments. Now, scrap tire rubber is usually pretty inexpensive um, compared to the synthetic rubber that was being put in in what we now call polymer modification. And so you would have thought that uh, scrap tire rubber would have kind of swept in and, and really become a fixture in the asphalt paving industry, but it didn't. Uh, and it didn't you know, really because of a number of, uh, of mistakes and errors made. Uh, one of them was that uh, the original approach came up with the idea of putting rubber into asphalt binders. Uh, and unfortunately, it made the asphalt binders very, very sticky um, and it made them very difficult to handle and pump. And the Federal Highway Administration saw the road performance data back in the 1990s and they said, hey, let's run with this. This is a great idea. This is going to really improve our pavements. But unfortunately, it was the field engineering that, that really caught them by surprise because the mixes were very difficult to produce. Uh, they tended to block up plants. Uh, they were sticky and hard to handle and compact. And, and preparing the binders cost more than putting polymers into the binders without really showing a dramatic change in performance. And so the uh, Federal Highway Administration in 1991 put forward a mandate that said everybody's got to use rubber in their asphalt pavements. And uh, about four years later, after all the complaints surfaced and all the difficulties came with road quality, et cetera, uh, the Federal Highway Administration threw up their hands and said, hey, we're out of here. Um, and they, they dropped the mandate altogether. Uh, as a result, rubber just kind of stopped and tire rubber stopped and polymers continued on. Uh, and tire rubber use in the U.S. has plateaued really for the last 25 years or so. Um, in uh, uh, about a decade after the, the, uh, the, the Federal Highway Administration mandate, um, we started working with uh, rubber and asphalt, trying to find ways to uh, introduce it that would eliminate all these difficulties, the difficulty in processing, quality issues with the pavement, et cetera. And we uh, came up with an approach that's called the dry process where rubber is chemically treated and it's added like an aggregate. And when you put it in this way, you don't have any of the problems that stopped rubber before. Uh, it's quite a bit less expensive than some of the other alternatives that are out there. And as a result, it's really started to catch on across the industry. So it sounds like it's kind of, I guess it's it's introduced into the, the, the mix design similar to the way that like wrap is, right? Where there it's it's a it's a dry process similar to the aggregates, correct? Right. It, it's being added uh, typically right around the location in a drum plant where wrap is being added in, um, uh, added into the aggregate before the binder is introduced. And then when the binder is introduced, rubber is treated so that it will rapidly react with the binder and give you essentially the same performance that you would see with uh, this wet process where they mixed it with the binder ahead of time and polymers both. And essentially what uh, what a number of independent parties have concluded is that, hey, you know, if you put it in this way and you've got it properly treated, you're going to get a, a good set of results in your pavement at a lower cost. That sounds interesting. How long have, how long have, uh, have you been using, or I guess, uh, this technology? How, how long have they been implementing this dry process? 
Uh, they've been using it on pavements since uh, uh, 2001. The first parking lots went in in Illinois in 2001. Some of them are still in place today, uh, but then they gradually graduated up to roads, then superhighways, uh, and now uh, you know it's it's pretty broadly used across the U.S. But it's been 20, 22 years now, I think, since the first pavement went down. So Safe to say that uh, it's it's not something brand new. We're we're not we're we're, we're no longer we're, we're past the guinea pig stage, right? That is correct. We've tried to use guinea pigs in asphalt paving, and they just simply don't work. So, <laughs> yeah, we're we're sticking with rubber. But no, you're you're right. Uh, this this is this is really kind of it. It's new to individual pavers and individual road owners, but it's not new to the industry and the body of data and the millions and millions of tons that we have on the ground now here and in Europe and in Asia now, um, you know, are all pretty much saying the same thing. And that is that these are good pavements, they're durable, uh, no particular problems in production. And now a public service announcement from our sponsor, May Create Design. 1992 called, they want their website back. Stop apologizing for your crappy site and stop working with that company who thinks hot mix is the latest snack craze. Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. And get a website that's not a gigantic pain in the you-know-what to build. Visit maycreate.com, that's M-A-Y-E, create.com, for a free consultation and quote. Because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else. Fred, you just mentioned a couple of, you know, different, I guess, uh, parties that would be involved in this type of um, technology. You know this event that uh, that MAP is going to be hosting coming up. Um, who who do you think should should we be looking to include, or who should who should be in attendance at at, uh, at this uh, education event that we're going to have next month? That is a great question, and the reason I think it's it's not just a great question; it's an important question. Is is trying to set a, a better perspective on where the paving industry is going. Now, a lot of people don't realize that the paving industry is the largest mass consumer of material out of any industry in developed economies. And it's not even close. Food, energy, steel, iron and steel production, uh, you know, moving chemicals, anything at all that you can think of. The volumes involved in, uh, in road construction are absolutely huge. And right now, the, the, the world has kind of recognized that, that we're kind of in, uh, approaching the edges of a planetary crisis, not just in, in areas like atmospheric contamination, but oceans are being choked with plastic, the landfills are filling up, and you know we're generating larger and larger quantities of waste with no place to put it. And those crises now are spilling over into industries that have the ability to reuse materials. Um, the uh, the the international governments, many many individual countries, and many multinational bodies have collectively kind of stood up and said, "Hey, we've got to start finding ways to more effectively recycle things, or we're going to be in a lot of trouble." Now, most people in the in the road engineering community, their initial reaction to that is that, "Well, that's somebody else's problem. It's not really my problem." But the truth is that it's it's everybody's problem. And at the same time, it's an opportunity for some people as well. So the the U.S. government has taken their own path in terms of trying to address these issues, and, and it's pumping billions and billions of dollars down pipelines 
that are designed to find effective ways to reuse materials in places like road construction, buildings, you, know, you name it, any, any kind of uh, construction activity. Uh, and there's a lot of money kind of headed down the pipeline in that direction, which is something that we'll be talking about in a little bit greater detail in this uh, in the seminar coming up. But uh, the money is part of a larger expression by society that says, look, we understand that we're going to have to pay in one form or another to get these materials beneficially reused in a positive way. And so if you're a, if you're a highway engineer, if you're a town manager, you not only have a waste problem with the waste that is going through your refuse collection center and out to the local landfill or to a local incinerator, you also have a problem with your, your, your roads, you know, not always getting as much funding as they need. And you're constantly faced with a challenge. How do I make my roads more, not just sustainable, but how do I make them economically sustainable? And this, this, this confluence of events where we've got a lot of recycling activity that, that needs to happen. We've got people that are willing to start putting a price on making those things happen. And we've got people that can that have the ability to consume a lot of these sorts of materials uh, in the course of their construction process. And they're all converging together at the same point. Um, and that convergence is typically an area of opportunity. So if you're a road manager, you have a problem with extending the life of your roads. Well, things like tire rubber can actually extend the life of your roads. Uh, you're having trouble paying your paving bill year in and year out. Well, if your pavements last longer, you're going to address your paving problems over time. Um, if you're looking for nearer term opportunities to maybe generate a little bit more revenue or to find a way to pave more with the limited paving dollars that you have, these recyclable materials are actually opening those doors as well. So the, the, the sorts of people that I think might benefit from our conversation are gonna be those folks that are sitting on top of a municipal budget that doesn't have quite enough money to cover all the responsibilities, including paving that they have. If you're a, if you're a, a roads manager or a highway engineer and you're looking for innovation, as a way to begin to address your needs because you do not have enough money to take care of your pavements. This gives you a double bonus, if you will, opportunity maybe to see revenue coming in as opposed to going out in some aspects of your, of your paving activities, but also an opportunity again to extend the life of your pavements and gradually solve the problem of not enough dollars for too much pavement. Um, you know, all of this, is oriented towards bending the cost curve of, of roads and making them more uh, more viable, financially viable long-term. And at the same time, trying to find a way to reduce the environmental impacts that come with that road, not just the construction, but the operation of the road itself. And as we get deeper into this, you'll see that there are many different facets to these kinds of approaches that actually start to address environmental needs of communities, economic needs of communities, cultural needs of communities, not to mention safety as well. And so th this is a very special time. You know, no one wants to be where we are right now, but it's a special time because we see these areas of overlap where multiple approaches can actually help you find a way to address a lot of different, apparently unrelated uh, problems that we all face. Great. You know, the other the other group, I think, that, and I mean, I think you touched on them briefly there, but I think 
the, you know, the design community, because I think a lot of, especially here locally at a, at a municipal level in, in the St. Louis market, the, a lot of the, the owners, you know, managers that you just mentioned, they rely heavily on the, the consultant world um, to, to help them with some of these, you know, the management design of some of those roadways. So I think it would be important too to include uh, those consultants in the conversation, especially those that, you know, I think want to be, um, you know, cutting edge isn't the right, maybe not the right term to use, but they need to be on top of, you know, not only the, the like you said, the, the, the roadway concerns, but also, you know, the, 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 the social, the, the, where we're at in the world too, the, the economics of it, the, the social aspect, the, the wanting to become and, and the need to become, you know, to, to do our part, right? Yes. Uh, I, I would just offer this to kind of echo what you just said. There aren't enough of me and all the people inside my organization uh, and enough people inside the University of uh, uh, Missouri, Columbia. Uh, there aren't enough people inside the DOT, inside the Asphalt Pavement Association to spread this word individually, person by person. And what we need to have as a part of this effort is people, that uh, teachers, if you will. And, and that really is a role that consultants play. Uh, they, are, they are experts in very important areas for their client base. And they ultimately, they are the bringers of knowledge to the individual communities. And so we don't welcome the uh, the consulting engineering community we need the consulting engineering community because at the end of the day they're going to be bringing the light if you will to uh to the far corners of the areas that they serve um we've worked well and extensively with uh consulting uh communities in other states so you know we 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 certainly understand how important it is to to have them there and we would really welcome them you know, we'll try to provide information and resources that they can tap into in order to better understand the technology. And then if they deem it appropriate, uh, better give them a, 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 a more finely refined ability to uh, get the technology out to their client base. Perfect. Well, I think uh, hopefully we've done enough today to uh, to whet that appetite for the folks that uh, they may be thinking about joining us uh, at this event coming up uh, on February 15th. Uh, Red, I really appreciate you joining us today and uh, spreading the word about this uh, great educational opportunity. Uh, for those that might be interested in joining us at the event, you can check out our website at moasphalt.org. If you check under the events tab, you'll be able to uh, to get registered for this. And I really appreciate uh, Red's time and thank everybody for listening to uh, Asphalt Talk, the podcast by and for asphalt professionals. Please don't forget to leave us a review. Your review will help us connect with other professionals like yourself so that we can keep this conversation going. Google Translate doesn't work for web designer to paving company translations. You say hot mix and it thinks you're talking about the latest snack craze. Wouldn't it be nice to work with a designer who knows the difference between binders and bitumen? Work with folks who have been speaking your language for the past 17 years. Visit maycreate.com, that's M-A-Y-E create.com because if you think your website sucks, so does everyone else.